Hello, welcome to the episode of the Black and Brown Underground, a podcast where we have conversations with local organizers and activists about radical topics. My name is Yoslin, and I'm a member of Black Lives Matter IE, as well as a co-podcast host of the Black and Brown Underground. In this episode, we're talking to none other than Jackie Sierra DeBas, again, because I love her, uh, about uh, Latinx Heritage Month. How are you, Jackie? I just attended your virtual baby shower, and it was yes. fun. <laughs> yes. Hi. Hi, everybody. Um, <laughs> hey, Joss. Um Everything's going good. But yeah, you were at my virtual baby shower this weekend. Thank you very much for coming. <laughs> Shout out to Joss. <laughs> yes, it was fun. That little game we played was really fun. And you made it really cute, even though it was just, you know, like the best you could do, yeah, right? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, but that was great. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, so in this episode, I wanted to talk about like uh, Latinx Heritage Month and I want to talk about like the exclusion of like BIPOC colorism and anti-blackness. And so like, so me and Jackie, so y'all are not seeing us because it's a podcast, obviously, but <laughs> I would say that me and Jackie uh, identify as BIPOC, which, which BIPOC means black and or indigenous person of color. So um, as far as like, I don't know, I guess like, it's weird for me to say it. Like, I don't know. I've always like felt weird saying it, but like, we look like indigenous as fuck, or we look like, you know, we're brown. We're brown. We're like, brown. We're actually, <laughs> like we're actually brown. We're not like it's not like we're just like Latinx the culturally, like we are actually brown and black people, right? So like I think that's something that I wanna like talk about. And as I don't know, I feel like people when they like they put like Latinos under like a huge umbrella. And they like disregard a lot of like brown and black identities or black black and brown uh, experiences in the Latino culture. And so, yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about um, like I think first and foremost, like the exclusion of BIPOC in um, in like Latinx communities, especially during this month of Latinx Heritage Month. But they call it Hispanic Heritage Month and they tend to focus on all the white passing Mexicans. But anyways, I'm rambling. So. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, I, I always definitely feel weird around these times when it's, you know, having something to do with Latinx this, Latinx that, because the majority of the time, I feel like it's always just really focused on light-skinned Mexicans. Um, like, I know for myself, for a really long time, I didn't really feel a part of that because my, you know, specific, like, Salvadorian side wasn't really represented. Like, really anybody else, I felt like they weren't represented whatsoever. Um, I struggled with that a whole lot, but I mean, now's our time to start to bring those issues to light and like start to change it, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I know you like spoke about, like, just from like knowing you, you spoke about experiencing like colorism too in your family. And I think that's something that like, it is just so common and so embedded in Latino culture and a lot of Latino communities that it's, like, it just becomes normal, like, saying, oh, yeah, that person's dark. And, like, even, like, um, I, yeah, I don't like this person a lot, but uh, someone in Brian's family was telling Brian's little brother, because Brian's little brother is is really brown, like, he's, like, browner than me. Um, 
And they were telling, and his uncle, Brian's uncle told his little brother, like, oh, you're the N-word. You're an N-word. Oh, wow. In front of everybody. And I was just like, uh, and I called him out. I was like, I don't like you. <laughs> I was like, I don't like yeah. that. I don't like you. And, but yeah, like, and I'm, I know you experienced that too. Can you talk to mm-hmm. us about that experience? Like experience of colorism within your family? Yeah. So like when it comes to my family, it really sucks because it's mostly coming from my mom, mm-hmm. which is really unfortunate. My mom is very light skin and my dad is uh, way darker. Um, so with me, I, I'm the only one that came out brown out of my siblings. The other two are, you know, more of my mom's complexion. So like my, you know, that just kind of like makes me in a sense, like the ugly duckling, you know, I hate to put it that way. You're but cute as hell. No. Yeah. <laughs> but according, according to, I know, according to like the standards that, cause like when, when, when babies are born, like, especially like you're Mexican or Latino or Salvadorian Colombian and they have green eyes or they're light skin. They're mm-hmm. like, I that bonito. but yeah. if they're like Brown, they're just like, <laughs> they <laughs> love to praise those Eurocentric features. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so, sorry, continue. No, no, you're good. Um, so like with me, yeah, obviously like I stood out from the rest of my siblings. Like if you look at a picture of us, we all look, you know, pretty different, but my brother and my sister, they generally, you know, again, they have the same complexion. Um, so my mom would kind of grow up teasing me and stuff, um, you know, saying really mean things to me. Um, she would also occasionally call me the N word, which is like just wildly inappropriate. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and I would always just kind of like fight her on that. Um, my dad, he never really wanted to like see colorism. He didn't really want to believe it for a long time. Um, but it's definitely affected him. And I think in the recent years, he's kind of come to terms with like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, my skin color does make a difference because my dad, I don't know if you've ever seen him, uh, but my dad uh, is pretty dark. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's like way darker than me. Um, So, uh, you know, that has caused a lot of barriers in his life and stuff, but luckily for him, he's like really proud of his skin color. So, you know, at least he kind of understands. Yeah. And even for you, like coming from that, coming from that, like I see like, like with in Latino communities, you see like one or two things. Okay. When you're Brown, like actually Brown, um, like you either are self-hating and you try to like you know better the race marry somebody white Mm -hmm. and like try to uh like emphasize your your eurocentric features or you can be like us and like very empowered we love being brown like let me go out in the sun some more and get me like golden you know things like that so like coming from that like that's you know you came from that it's like you know, I'm really glad that you're, you know, the way you are. And I think we should explain like colorism a little bit because I feel like people don't understand it. Like colorism uh, is like, so colorism goes for like most people, person of color communities. Like it's, it's prominent in like Asian communities, prominent in Latino communities, prominent in black communities. With mm-hmm. black communities, it's about light skin versus dark skin. But in, in, like Latino communities, it's just like anything that is a proximity to blackness or indigeneity is like considered ugly or considered, you know, just othered basically. And that's what colorism is, is like, like, it's like colorism is your mom telling you not to go out in the sun so you won't get dark. That's colorism. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, that's like a little bit. And like my, even my mom, like, um, I don't think she really knew the gravity of it when we were younger but my mom would buy a skin bleaching uh cream same same here 
Yeah, she would buy a skin. And my, my little brother, he still uses skin bleaching cream for his face and his neck. And he says his neck is his neck and face are oh, dark. Wow. And my brother's hair is even kinkier than mine, and he um relaxes it. Like, oh my goodness. Damn. He relaxes his hair. Yeah, that's like that's like some deep-seated stuff. But that yeah. all comes from like what parents tell you as a kid, you know, especially if you are darker in complexion and stuff. And yeah, like colorism is it's just so incredibly prominent. I think especially in Latino like culture and stuff. Like my mom, you know, you mentioned that your mom was getting you skin bleaching creams. Like my mom did the same thing for me. Um, so every time she would like go to Mexico and stuff, you know, she'd pick up her grandma's or whatever the fuck and mm-hmm. then come back and then be like, Oh, look what I got you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like that's it's deep seated, you know? Deep-seated. Yeah, and even like it's it's so weird. Like this kind of like back and forth between like in Latino communities, like anti anti blackness and anti like indigenous or like I anti brown like you know colorist shit. Like my it's so weird because I got the anti blackness a lot from my dad's family, and they were like just anti black. They weren't necessarily anti dark skin because my dad is darker than me. Like so there wasn't there it was just anti black. So it was like the black features of me and the black parts of me that they didn't like. But my mom she's anti like indigenous and my mom makes fun of my dad for looking quote indio and she makes oh, fun of him and calls him like sometimes she'll and she'll, she'll say that about me too that i look indigenous or something she'll say the miras teach the miras teach and like that's not even and uh that's not even like a that's not even like a, what's it called a tribe or anything she just it's like a made-up word that that mm-hmm. colombians used to make fun of people who are indigenous oh wow yeah and she'll say that so like i face like the both like anti like things basically like in my family from both sides but the afro latino side makes fun of the indigenous side and the indigenous side makes fun of the black side mm-hmm. so it's very like i don't know it's hmm. i'm like hmm, let's unpack this <laughs> yeah no i mean and i think that all just comes from i mean long-term effects of colonialism like that shit oh, yeah. you know little by little is just like really ingrained itself into society and the way society thinks and in turn how they like react and like how they act to like certain people just kind of not being what they expect them to be again which would be like somebody who's very eurocentric um like i don't know it it just fucking sucks and stuff because it really does affect people you know um like your brother like you know doing the shit that he still to this day is doing you know like that's really unfortunate you know yeah um but yeah. No, yeah, I, and I think well too like what's frustrating and we've ha- we've dealt with this a lot like me and you and just back you know back in the GC days um and just blood orange days too. We've dealt with this a lot with like white Mexicans like taking up like too much space and just like denying that they're white. And I think that's like that's like the biggest thing that white the white I don't think it's like I don't think like I'm done using the term white passing. Like no, you're just white. Like you don't have <laughs> yeah, to white. You're real. white. Like yeah. there's like there's like I think white passing was just like a way to like not hurt their feelings. Coddle them <laughs> like, a little bit. Yeah, coddle them cuz like they didn't want to be known as white or whatever. Um so yeah, I think like that was a thing too and like and I had like people that any people that were like that were constantly having identity crisis and they thought that identity crisis meant that they were being oppressed you know that they're like oh my god like i just don't know like what do i identify as or like i'm like i i know that i'm i'm like i know that i'm a, a person of color but like like i'm not here nor there but they're really white but they just basically <clears throat> didn't know like the thing with them was that 
I know two people in particular that, that I'm thinking of, the thing with them was that they didn't know like how to participate in their culture, their newfound affinity for their culture, even though they were socialized and raised as white, but they're like, okay, well, being person of color is the wave now. So let me jump on this wave and wait a minute. I don't know anything culturally about myself because I was socialized white and, you know, I grew up in the U S and shit and, you know, like, yeah. It like, just kind of reminds me of like, you know, like Mexican American families that they're like these hella quote unquote Mexican parties Mm-hmm. Where like everybody's wearing sombreros and shit like that. I'm just like, they're all white, really, y'all. Like, what? <laughs> we're from Jalisco. Jalisco people are like a lot of them are white. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, and I, I remember, right. you know, you you know what? <laughs> yeah, seriously, claim you're white. Like, stop. I was actually called the n word at a party one time. Um, it was it's actually my birthday party. Okay. Oh, what the fuck? I know. Yeah. So it was it was my birthday party and. Um, Licha's boyfriend's birthday party. Remember Licha? Like, mm-hmm. Remember Licha? Yeah. Uh, it was her boyfriend at the time, her ex-boyfriend. Um, so it was both of our birthday parties because we had these birthdays around the same time. So we ended we ended up celebrating together and having a big party. And it was my friends from BLM, like me, just well, my, my friends, you know, they just happened to be BLM with me. But my friends and then um, some childhood friends that were Mexican. And we were all at the party, just chilling, you know, whatever, drinking. Um, and then... Um, a friend at the time is just like telling this, this Mexican guy that's white. She's like, you're white. And he's like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not white. And she's like, yeah, you're white. She's like, you have green eyes and blonde hair. You're fucking white. He's like, Jalisco. and she's like, okay, but you're still white. And he's like, no, no, I'm not white. And then after he was like, he was good. At, Cause I was, I was, uh, you know, I was like seconding the motion. I was like, yeah, you're white. And then he told me, he was like, he was like, you don't gotta be such a and just like oh, that, like wow, yeah. Bro. And, and then, um, and then, um, our friend was like, "What the fuck did you just say?" And then she goes and gets my, uh, she goes and gets Matthew, and Matthew comes out with his homie. He's like, he's like, who wants who call yes? He's like, and he's and then y'all beat his ass. (laughs) Yeah, they didn't let him. Like, so it was like one guy who was like my height and Matthew, who's like six three, and like Bill. So I was like, yeah, Matthew's gonna lay him out like (laughs) really quick. But I was like, yeah, let's not let's not let this happen because yeah. But I mean, I also wanted to be his ass too. And then Tanya ended up throwing a bucket at him at his face. Holy shit. But yeah, um, and you know, it hurt my feelings, like, and the, my friends, like my supposed friends, like childhood friends, right? My Mexican childhood friends, non-black Mexican childhood friends were like, uh, they were like, yeah, you know, it was just really fucked up. He didn't have to say that, but at the same time, like, why do they have to like want to fight about it? And I'm like, what? Like, come on, you know, this is like you're supposed to have my back. You're my friend, mm-hmm. you know. How could you let this like be? How could you let this like happen? And yeah, it was just really fucked up. And that's just like that's just a little taste of the anti-blackness shit that I have faced in, you know, in these like non-black Latinx or Mexican spaces. Yeah, definitely. And but but but. The- Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I don't know. No, go ahead. No, I was saying particular to your experience, it's different too because you don't only face like the colorism, you also face what is like xenophobia. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. It's referred to when it's like, yeah, so you face that too because you're a Salvadorian and there's a lot of beef, right? Between Salvadorian oh, and, and Mexicans. Yeah. And well, I mean, it's a lot of anti like indigenous and anti indigenous, like and like colorism between Mexicans. Because, like I said, a lot of Mexicans that like 
are in the ruling class or that are really vocal are fucking white. And the reason why they hate Salvadorians is because of like, because they're anti-indigenous because of colorism. But yeah, go ahead and speak to that, please. Yeah. With that, I've definitely experienced that like my whole life and stuff, especially when it comes to like light skin, you know, Mexicans. Um, As soon as I tell them that I'm white, you know, right away, they're like, Oh, cerote, you know, this and that and stuff. Um, Like right away, they start thinking that they're, you know, all fucking cool with me and stuff. But I don't know, like, it's always been such a weird thing. And, you know, back then I used to be like really shy. So I'd just be like, huh, you know, like, okay, awkward laugh. And like, let's see how I can move away from here, you know, because it's making Mm. me super uncomfortable. Um, But that shit like has been happening to me like my whole fucking life. And I never really understood it because I was like, well, my mom is Mexican and my dad's Salvadorian. So like that didn't make sense to me. Um, But it's wild because like even with um, my parents being married, uh, my mom still is like very anti-Salvadorian. It's like, it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. Um, that's so, that's <laughs> the same thing. My mom is anti-indigenous, but she married my dad who looks like super indigenous. <laughs> like, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, for real. Like it, again, like this shit is, you know, I'm sure it's more than just my family. Like it's such a deep seated thing again, you know? Um, but even with my mom, like she says a lot of like anti-Salvadorian shit where I'm just like, yo what the fuck (laughs) you know like that it makes no sense because my dad who's salvadorian has basically provided for you you know and you know he's proved all these stereotypes wrong not that you even have a reason to believe in these stereotypes yeah um but for some reason like that shit has just like always been with her you know like i don't know it doesn't make any fucking no yeah there's something that has to be like said about that about the hate that we that we that we push inward or like towards each other instead of pushing it towards like the colonizer or like the oppressor right i feel like that's like a just like a, the most common thing is just like like black on brown crime and like mm-hmm. just like black on brown people hating each other and indigenous like versus another indigenous like even if you're light-skinned like you're still mexican or you're still like you know it's different between like light skin and white passing and we'll get into that but anyways but just like the whole thing it's like that hate that that she's turning inwards i guess or like towards Mm -hmm. you know her husband and towards her children for being like half salvadorian it's just i don't know there's something to say about that but yeah, it it sucks because it's you know like really again it affects people and i said earlier it's not I'm sure it's more than just my family, right. you know, like every, a lot of people are experiencing this, I'm sure at home, unfortunately. Um, and what sucks even more is that like the darker you are, like the worse it is too. You yeah. True. Uh, like I said, the, the closer you are to blackness is like the more like ugly you are quote, you know, by that, like in their eyes, the more like othered you are, like just mm-hmm. any, any kind of like, it's like the one drop rule, but like, it but it but extended because it's like okay you're kind of not as dark but then the darker you get like i said the worse you're treated and that's that's true yeah. across everything like everywhere like mm-hmm. not just not in latino communities i also ask you um is, is frankie's frankie's mexican right he's just full mexican yeah he's yeah just full mexican, <laughs> just full mexican. <laughs> yeah just full mexican yeah you and so and frankie is also a brown skin person does not look white at all just i don't know i feel like i have to establish that because people are so like i don't know i feel like, like what are they talking about <laughs> and but not only that but everybody calls themselves brown these days like they're like oh yeah we're mexican we're brown I'm like no you're not you're you're white no. and you're mexican hmm. yeah but yeah so and y'all are about to have a baby 
And you're probably going to have a brown skin baby. Yeah. Most likely. Yep, a little brown skin baby. <laughs> I just hope they have super curly hair like Frankie. Oh, <laughs> cute. But yeah, so well, I don't know, navigating through that, like how do you, how do you feel it's going to be like navigating through that? And I don't know, like, and I guess like, I don't know, shutting people up about things. I feel people are going to say, you know, when people, when babies are born, people say the most outlandish shit, like out of experience. We're like, look at their eyes, like, look at their blah, blah, blah. And they'll just say some, like, really weird, like, backhanded <laughs> compliment. Like, yeah. So, I don't know. Are you ready for that or what? <laughs> you know, I haven't even thought about that part of it. Um, I know just, like, for us personally and stuff, um, just making sure that, you know, we always make our baby feel like, you know, they're perfect the way that they are. Because they they are, you know. Um, and that's not something that I necessarily had growing up. So I know that that's at least one thing that I can make different, you know, like not making fun of their parents and just always supporting them. Um, as far as like what other people are going to say, I, yeah, I wasn't even prepared for that. People have like a lot to say already. In-laws mother and and your own mom and your own dad. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're gonna. Yeah, Definitely. they're gonna. Be, yeah, like trust me, especially. And then, don't even leave. Don't even. Don't even get me started on the gendered shit. Whew. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, like the other day, somebody was asking me, like, "Oh, do you know the gender yet and stuff?" Um, you know, because I saw like these cute, like pink, sparkly shoes at the store, and I was like, "Well, if it's a girl, then you know, I want to get them this, these shoes." And I was like, "Oh, like that's." Uh. And you know me, Joss. Like that's that's not a no <laughs> yeah no 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 <laughs> just let them wear all black <laughs> let them wear yeah, all black but, and be a punk baby a punk baby <laughs> yeah but yeah like and that's also like it's funny because it, that's also like it's something that's super ingrained into like latinx culture is you know just being hella fucking you know gendered yeah super gendered super about binary. everything so binary yeah. everything everything's a binary trust yeah. that's gonna be like when i was so like when i was pregnant with lino like that's one thing that was like everything came like crashing in with like the people i surrounded myself with it suddenly mattered even more like of course it always mattered who I was around but then like it mattered even more knowing that i was bringing lino into this world and like what kind of influences he was going to have in his life mm-hmm. and like i didn't want anybody saying the n-word around lino like that you know like the way brian's uncle was and i literally was like you're not allowed in my baby's life <laughs> like yeah straight up you know and and even with the gendered stuff too like my mom i don't know if i told you this but my i had you know how i had the zodiac theme baby shower yeah and um my mom is really christian and she was like uh, she was like, no, like, I want to have, I'll, you can have that one and I'll have one for you, like a Christian one. And I'm like, no, I was like, no, it's not going to happen. And then she was like saying like, it was blas- it was blaspheme, like whatever, whatever. And I just told her like straight up, I was like, if you don't like any of this, I was like, you can, you like, you don't have to attend if you don't want to. And then I told her, and I was like, you know what, as a matter of fact, I was like, as a matter of fact, mom, let me just, let me just cut it to you straight right now. If you ever, I said, if you ever ever say something homophobic to my child either about him or just in general you are not allowed in our lives and she was like uh yeah (laughs) she just like something you just gotta lay it out you have to lay it out because like she's my mom and she would do anything for lino but just because of, like she would do anything for him doesn't mean that she's going to be a positive, good influence in his life as far as when it comes to like my morals and beliefs and stuff, which is just like what's right. You know, it's just it's just what's right. Like, 
Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I, I thought about it too with Lino. Like, if I was going to have to, like, think about colorism, because, like, it was weird. Whenever Brian's family would see, like, a black baby, like, any black baby, like, on TV, they'd be like, oh, that's how your baby's going to look. And it's your baby's going to look like. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> um. <laughs> Any black baby, like literally any black baby, and like, do you remember that little girl who was like a little chubby black girl who read like the entire children's section of a, of a library and she became like famous and met Obama and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So she was on the news, and they're like, "That's how your baby's gonna look like." Like she, they kept like for anything, you know. And it was so, and then and then Lino's bored, and Lino looks just like Brian, which is like a light skinned Mexican. Lino's bugging me. Mm-hmm. He's like, y'all <laughs> talk about me in here? <laughs> <laughs> like, you talk about me? <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, yeah, so then I have, you know, I have a light-skinned baby, so I don't have to worry about that. But then that also, you know, leaves me with other things as far as me dealing with my identity and having a kid who doesn't identify as me. That's crazy. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you're probably not going to experience that. But um well, yeah, my, I'm kid, gonna... my kid's only going to be one quarter Salvadorian, so. <laughs> oh, that yeah, that's true. That's true. But it's, it's well, they're still going to be brown. Your baby's still going to be brown, so. Yeah. That's but all that matters, already. kind of. <laughs> I'll teach you both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I think about that, too, with Lino. I'm like, Lino's only, like, a quarter, yeah, a quarter black, like, if that, even, honestly. Mm-hmm. I took, actually, I took a, a DNA test recently. Oh, you did? Um, yeah, I did. And I got my results and um I am thirty percent um like indigenous. This is indigenous like Mexican Michoacan. Mm-hmm. That's what it says. Mm-hmm. Indigenous Michoacan. I'm thirty percent African. Mm-hmm. And uh this is this part right here. This part. Forty percent European. <laughs> Damn, the colonizers. Yeah, but it's it's all mixed. It's like it's like one percent. Portugal, 1% Greece, 1% like this. The biggest percentage that I have for Europe is Italian, which which it makes sense because my family is Italian. My great-grandpa was born in, is a white Italian. Is a, So Italian is like 17%. And the, what is it? The Spain, which is also makes sense because of Mexico, is like 12%. And the rest is just like 1%, 1%, 3%, like little 1% like here and there. I just added them up and, you know, got that number, but... I was like, fuck. But at least I'm 60% like indigenous black, you know, BIPOC. <laughs> there you go. 60%. Yeah, silver lining, I guess. But um, I mean, but like, you know, DNA is one thing, but also what you look like is a big thing because that's how you're treated in the world, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's how you're like, yeah, it's how you're racialized. It's how you're treated. And yeah, I have a hard time filling out those bubbles, those like Hispanic, Latino oh bubbles. My God, I hate them. I never know. (laughs) Well, like, I mean, for me, even just like calling yourself Hispanic, first off, Hispanic would be just wrong, you know, that's unless you're from Spain. Right. Right, So, um, I always just like struggle even like marking off that bubble and stuff, but yeah, like the rest of it, I'm like, uh, especially when it comes to the race part, because I'm like, well, you know, there's like such a big mix, especially when it comes to Latinx people. Mm-hmm. Like, and a lot of people don't know what they're clearly what their roots are, you know, like they mm-hmm. know like, Oh yeah, well I'm mixed with this mixed with that and stuff. But in general, yeah, a lot of people don't know. Yeah, um, and I think it definitely sucks. And it leaves a lot of room for people to just kind of come and co-opt different cultures and, you know, start treating it as their own. Like, you know, fucking white Latinos, uh, you know, claiming to be super Aztec. 
yeah, you know, things like that, you know, they just come in and, you know, start assuming these identities, not really knowing whether or not, you know, they actually yeah. are Aztec, you know, they could still be 100% European. Yep. Have you seen that documentary, um, Chef's Table, but the barbecue one? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, you have to watch it. But like, just don't watch the whole thing, though, because there's a bunch of white people. But just Every watch the I one episode. Food videos always make me hungry. So I try <sighs> not to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same. True, true. <laughs> but that one's really good, though. The episode of the, it's, oh, God, her name is Isabel, I think. But it's the one episode about Mexico, like barbecuing in Mexico. And it's this indigenous woman. She's Mayan and she speaks Mayan. And um, she's just like talks about uh, basically that globalization and modernization and the impact it has on, you know, her little her little Mayan town. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's just really interesting and just reminds you of what you're talking about now and just like being mixed and people claiming like, oh, I'm Aztec or whatever. And they're they're probably not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they're literally probably not. Yeah. Know. What do you think about the term um, mestizo? <sighs> it's such a touchy term. I feel like sometimes it's easier to just want to say that because it just it means mixed, you know. But I don't know. At the same time, it also has its negative connotation. So, right. <sighs> it's it's a weird weird word. The- I know, right? A lot of words of identity are weird, and it sucks because people of color struggle the most with finding the words to identify themselves, especially people like us who are mixed, who like have the like, like for example, like Latinx culture, Salvadorian, Mexican, Colombian culture, but then we're we racialize as different ways, so it's so hard for us to like identify as something because like the umbrella term wouldn't necessarily cut it, you know? Yeah just that next, you know, that wouldn't necessarily cut it as far as ident- helping us identify us ourselves. Yeah. Cause that um, could look like anything really. Yeah. And I feel like the word mestizo also kind of gives room for like white people to be like, yeah, so mestiza, but they're like white. And they're like, <laughs> es porque, es porque. <laughs> <¿Sabes qué? laughs> like, um, um, what are we talking about? <sighs> mestizo. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. you remember that white girl? Oh my god, there were so many of them. But there's so many. There was this white girl who was like from LA who like loved like identifying as mestizo, and she would she would like like she loves Frida Kahlo too. Do you remember her? I think we call, we <laughs> there's so many of them, right? Yeah, <laughs> we can't I really have even share Frida Kahlo too. Uh, like, I know that part. I mean, she was a, she was a communist. And that was pretty badass. But uh, other than that, she was white and appropriative. But there's just so many, yeah, like I said, back to, you know, like a- having issues identifying. What were you saying, say? That, no, you were talking about that one girl that would always turn to Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember, like, people called her out, and she was like, I am Mexican. I'm Mexican. But she was white. Like, she had light brown hair, green eyes, white skin. But she was like, no, I'm Mexican, and blah, blah, blah. So I did, blah, blah, blah. And she even spoke Spanish and tried to, like, yeah, I'm Mexican, y'all. But she, like, you could be Mexican. Like, the, the thing is, like, why I don't get why it's so hard to understand that you can be Mexican but just not brown. Yeah, like it's the same thing as being American. Like you're just we're just born in in the U.S. We're just American by being born here. We're not American. Like there's no race to being American. Yeah, you know it's just white. Like you're white. You're black. You're brown. Like that's it. You know, or Asian. Like that's it. And same with Mexico. And same with Colombia. Like if you're people in Colombia are not just brown because they're Colombian. Like, and I, I remember we had that issue. I actually called out, uh, remember, Caliuchis? 
<laughs> oh my god i was thinking about that the other day yeah she has me blocked on twitter like i'm blocked <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because I, I didn't even do that much to her either like she, she mean, thought she had tumbao yeah that was why <laughs> she said she said like tengo tu, tiene tumbao and i'm like bro do not appropriate celia cruz right now it just made me so mad because like i met that bitch like i met caliuchis mm-hmm. and i I literally took a fucking picture with her, like going like kissy face with her. And I have a fucking ticket signed by her. And I met that bitch and she's white. Like she's snow bunny white. Like she looks like a playboy bunny, like straight up. (laughs) She does like, and, um, and then like when she, and then like, you know, whatever, it's all cool. I like her music. I met her and then she posts that. And I'm like, and like at the time I will admit, I was in my feelings about a lot of things because I was just learning about anti-blackness and anti-brownness, you know? And like, I would, I don't know. I was just in my feelings about it a lot. And I was really resentful towards like white passing Latinos because like, I don't know, like, cause I faced a lot of hate from them, you know, and just everything that I was facing just in general. But yeah. So then when she posted that, she posted a picture of herself and said like, Tiene tumbao, and that's a song by Celia Cruz um, called La Negra Tiene Tumbao, which is about a black woman that has tumbao. <laughs> and, um, and all, all I did was like, just, I think I just replied to it and like, and I just told her like, you don't have to bow. You're white. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have to bow. And then um, I just told her that and like just called her out on it. And then she blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, man, I remember that one time Jaws called out Galiuchis. <laughs> like canceled <laughs> us after that. <laughs> I guess look, look, the power I have that I got blocked. <laughs> yeah like Um, i mean like white latinos like it's okay to call yourselves white like it's okay to acknowledge that privilege you know PSA. you're not doing anybody a favor by pretending to be brown as fuck when you're not you're pale (laughs) yeah just yes let's make it an official psa okay if you are white white skinned person you happen to have green light brown or blue eyes. You can still have brown eyes and still be white or blonde hair. And you are born in Mexico, Salvador or Colombia. You are still in fact white. <laughs> in all of Latin America, you're still white. All of Latin America. Yes. But I was just speaking to our particular identities, but yes, all of Latin America, you yeah. are fucking white. There's white Brazilians. There's white Colombians, white, white Venezuelans. Like there's hella there's white, white Argentinians. <laughs> oh, no, actually Argentina, I have beef with Argentina. They're actually the only, it's crazy because they're right in the middle of South, of, of South America, mm-hmm. but they, uh, which, which, so like, with my experience, like when you go inside of country, that's what the more inside of country you go, not the U S but other countries, the more like Brown or black they are. So like, or the coast too, because of slave trade. But like, um, in Mexico, like the more, the, the más profundo que vas a México, like mm-hmm. the brown the browner people get yeah. like yeah and that's kind of like the, the experience and in south america is the same way um they're more indigenous people towards the inside like brazil peru you know everything colombia has a lot of black folks on the on the on the um on the coast because of slave trade mm-hmm. but anyways um so yeah so uh i forgot what i was saying <laughs> um about argentina Oh, yes, fuck Argentina. So Argentina <laughs> is actually the only country in South America that actively tried and, and succeeded to push out every indigenous and black person out. Oh, they pushed sure. them out. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know if you knew that it's or not, but Argentina, 
Yeah, history lesson. <laughs> so Argentina is the only yeah country in 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 South America that doesn't have brown and black people. Like I mean, I'm sure they, I'm sure now there are like migrated there or whatever. But as far as like like culturally and just racially, like they're put they're pushed out. And Argentina's are and they invited the Nazis. And oh, that's a whole other story. <laughs> but yeah, Argentinians, Argentini, Argentinians, whatever the fuck, they're white. Like they're white, white. Like they're the Europe of South America. And yes, they also did invite the Nazis. What happened? No, that's that's wild. Just I didn't know that. I mean, but not surprised. Not that surprised. Explains a whole lot. Yeah, like even uh, when it comes to learning about like you know um, slaves reaching in Salvador, like a lot of people are like super in denial and stuff. And and Salvador was one of the countries in Central America that also tried to like get rid of black people and stuff. And you know they committed mass genocide against indigenous people a couple of times. You know, no big deal. Um, so yeah, like, um, a lot of people deny that history, but a lot of people, a lot of, you know, black folks did still come in and they, you know, uh, mixed in with the local indigenous community and they're, you know, to this day, I know in Salvador, there's like a big movement with a lot of people trying to rediscover their, you know, Afro roots, you know? Oh, that's, that's awesome to know. Yeah. So there's like a place, um, I think it's called Zonzonate in, in Salvador. Um, they have like a statue of like a former slave and stuff that had escaped and like started like some sort of like revolution there in that area and stuff. Wow. So yeah, I was like, damn dude, like that's it's awesome. cool that that's starting to like get recognized and stuff, especially in a yeah. place like in Salvador where like, yeah, there's like a lot of mixed people there. Um, but yeah, it's cool. It's cool to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been to Salvador? Oh yes. Plenty of times. Really? I been been? Uh, well, I first went when I was five years old. Um, they took me for my birthday um, but ever since then I've probably been like like 10 times in my life nice how do you yeah, feel how do you feel when you go when you've gone to Salvador I love it it's hot as fuck and humid as fuck it's hot really <laughs> yeah it's super hot super humid I'm just like oh my god you take a shower and right away you come out hella sticky like Ugh. that's Colombia too <laughs> you, you basically do in the shower it's like what <laughs> yeah yeah um, but I loved it. Like, I, I always love going. I loved walking around the Centro. My family's from Usulutan, so, you know, that's the area we would go hang out in. Uh, I want to go to Salvador with you. <laughs> invite me. <laughs> after the Rona, after your baby's, like, a year yes. old. <laughs> yes, I want my baby to know in Salvador, too, the motherland. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a beautiful country, and, like, a lot of people are scared of it because of, you know, like, gang members and shit like that. And, yeah, like, that, that violence does exist. Um, I'm not going to lie, but it's definitely not as bad as a lot of people portray it to be. Um, it really depends that's, on, you know, the areas that you're in, what you're doing. Just, you know, be careful. Um, yeah, that's kind of like, that's, that's, I think that's a rule for everywhere, literally, like even the U.S. or even some states in the U.S. Like I when I went to Colombia, I, I went to Mexico too. Like I went to Mexico once um, to go see Caifanes. <laughs> oh my God, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> that's a trip you? of a lifetime. Yeah, didn't know that. No, yeah, no. I, I did a road trip with Licha and Jen to go see Caifanes um, at Las Vegas del Sol. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah. So um, even fuck, I forgot. Oh yeah, Colombia and um, Mexico. When I've gone, people are when I've gone, people are like, "Oh, aren't you scared? Like, aren't you scared to go?" And I'm and I'm like, "No, I'm not scared. Why would I be scared?" And they're like, oh, well, it's dangerous. We heard of, like, in Colombia, it was, like, drugs, like, cartel or whatever. Mexico, also cartel, drugs, whatever. And I'm like, that's, I don't know. I feel like you're in danger anywhere. Like, 
we're in danger here to police brutality, like, <laughs> and, and it's actually state-sanctioned violence. So I don't know. Yeah, you tell me which which one's more dangerous. Like, <laughs> for real. Yeah, I think that's the rule for anything. I think that's just it's just like the it's just like the the xenophobia like kicking in, you know, anti-brownness and anti-blackness kicking in. Like, oh, you're going to that country? Like, aren't you scared? Go to a more respectable country like Italy. <laughs> There's still right. a lot of crime in Italy, all right, just oh, because they're white. There's a lot of crime. Yeah, it's so weird that people are like that. Yeah, they just like criminalize brown and black black folks so much that even right that. even tourism in their countries is like, oh my god, are you sure you want to go? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh, Salvador sounds sounds nice. Colombia is really nice too. I want to go back. Like, so you seen? I saw you. I sent you um, Lino and Brian's passport picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's so funny we're supposed to go to uh mexico or like we're trying to go to mexico in december um brian's ma grandma is from chapalas you know what chapalas is chapalas nope Nope. it's it's by by guadalajara oh okay it's by guadalajara and but it's like a little tiny like town city called Tapalas and it's just like it's really pretty um but that's where Brian's family is from and I wanted to go check it out and because they're building a house over there and I wanted to help them build a house by like contributing money because it's like legacy right you're building a house that's like Lino's like inheritance too you know yeah so um, I want to check it out and stuff but yeah I can't decide if I wanted to go to Mexico or Colombia for the recent for this you know I don't know, but then also the Rona too. Yeah, and like Me- like Chapalas is not as populated as like Barranquilla and Cartagena because they're like two really touristy like cities where my family's from. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure they're really populated. And then also my brother was like, "No, tourism is not happening right now because it's you know because of the Rona." Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know which one to go to, but um, but yeah, like either but being to both though, I yeah, Colombia. I really loved like going to Colombia too and just kind of getting like in touch with, you know, with that, like, I remember you showing me some pictures from Colombia and they had the like giant Angela Davis. I think it was. Yeah. They had a, (laughs) there's a collective called, um, I talked about it before on the podcast too. It's called, um, Comunidades Negras Angela Davis. And it's like a little, like a radical collective, but it's scary because like, I just learning now recently that, um, Colombia is not very nice to their activists and their activists get assassinated uh, quite often. So that's something to, I don't know, politics and, and um, politics and, and colonization goes deep, even to the countries that we call like home or that we call our motherland. Like the U S has like a lot of control over Mexico and Mexico, Mexicans also would not like, not like to admit it. So like any kind of like nationalism just feels kind of weird to me. Like even like, like waving the Mexican flag. Like I feel like the Mexican government and like being so proud to be like Mexican in that sense is like different than being proud to be Brown. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I don't know. No, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because, like, I don't know, like, I feel like when I see the Mexican flag, I just think about white Mexicans. I think about the Mexican <laughs> yeah. government being, like, anti-Indigenous and anti-Black and, and deporting Black people that were, like, born in Mexico just because they, quote, look Haitian. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so I think about all those things that the gov- that the Mexican government is, like, guilty of, the like, same things that, like, the U.S. government is guilty of. And I'm just, like, I'm not, I'm not like, super nationalist, you know, about Mexico or, like, even Colombia, you know? yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, yeah. 
so it's it's weird it's a it's a conflict i think too like and and for us particularly like not for the white mexicans because like they could fuck off but like for us particularly <laughs> being brown like and we want to be in touch with like our like our brownness you know like the things that make us brown like the indigenous practices the african practices like you know all this but like it's hard to like find a difference between you know the nationalism and you know like loving your brown self and trying to practice like things that are actually brown and feeling like you're not appropriating either because if you didn't grow up with those things like it's kind of hard to connect to them in my experience anyways so yeah it's just like i don't know it's like it's very complicated basically <laughs> yeah and again even just like kind of going back to the whole fact that we're just pretty well mixed for the most part like it's hard like even if you do want to engage in those practices like it's hard to trace back specifically like what it was that you came from um and that's where we end up appropriating other cultures like you know it is possible for a mexican to appropriate indigenous culture uh, just because you're mexican or you know even even just because you're central american or south american doesn't automatically mean that you are indigenous or that you're black you know, so it's that really important. Get that stage, get that stage out of my face. You're <laughs> white. <laughs> yeah, like you know, that needs to be acknowledged as well. You know, um, but a lot of people don't. I know, and I'm so conflicted too because, like, I, I don't know. I think that's why people. I think that's why people gravitate towards like their country's nationalism because of the conflict that they have with, with like what to like what to uplift and what to be proud of and what to honor in our culture and our practices. Like it's hard to kind of like decipher or figure out what is the right thing to do and like how to honor yourself and, and your brownness. And I, I, I feel that like I, at one point I was like, like my way of honoring was like, just like, I have Mexico and Colombia tattooed on me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have the outline. I have the outline of Mexico and the outline of Colombia tattooed, and then I have a little heart over where my family, where my my parents are from, and um, that was like what I thought was just like honoring them, right? And yeah, and then I would gravitate towards even even just having like the flags, the Mexican flag and the Colombian flag like around or in my bio or something, mm -hmm. and because um, like that's like the most immediate thing, right? Because like I'm yeah. Mexican. Yeah. So then, but then if you go deeper, that's when that's when things get complicated, and that's when you're just like, how do I go about honoring this? And it's just a load of shit, basically. Yeah, especially here, like you know, we're torn between two cultures, which is like American culture and the culture or cultures that we originally come from. Um, so it's hard to, I, I, not that it's impossible, but it's definitely harder to uh, want to engage in like your own cultural practices, you know, or like figuring out ways to like properly honor them without, um, I don't know, like it, it's just difficult, you know, yeah. it's difficult. Um, yeah. I've thought about it. What was that? Oh, I was going to say for me, I've always um, liked to honor it. Like, and I know I talked about this a little bit, but through food um, last time I talked about it, but yeah, like with food, that's like one of the ways that you can definitely get in touch with yes. your future and like learning how to cook your you know, own foods and stuff like that. If you're capable of doing that. Um, but even just kind of getting to know like about the country, you know, like even if it's not the best history, um, even if colonialism is still present in that history, which, you know, it's going to be inevitably um, just getting to know it, you know. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. 
definitely the foods part. I love food. <laughs> I think music too. Um, music knowing the, sure, yeah. the, the history of music within your culture, I think is really good way to connect with it too. Like, I, I feel like I, that's one thing that I connect to a lot is like the the music of like my culture and Colombian music and salsa, cumbia. Yes. <laughs> I love that shit around Christmas time, man. Oh, my God, it's, <laughs> it's lit. Our family is lit. Like, seriously. Um, but anyways, yeah. So I think that that's good. Um, what do you think about... Well, I don't know. I guess we can conclude. But, I, like, I don't know. Before, I used to... Do you remember I used to, like... Um, when I did my makeup, I would do, like, like the line, like, down my... Remember that? I think I remember, yeah. Yeah. And thinking about it, thinking back at it, I don't know. Like... I don't know if that was borderline like appropriative or not. And then I think about like is, if makeup is a way to honor it, but then how do you make it so it's not appropriate? Because most of the makeup that they that they did or most of the things that they did for their skin was like ritual or like, you know, was very was there for a reason, specific reason. It wasn't there just because, you know. I think with makeup, it's just it's really hard. And I think it also really depends on whether or not you know what specific area you're coming from. Um, so that way, if you do know where your indigenous roots are, um, you can honor that instead of just kind of picking like a random indigenous group to be like, Oh, you know, base my makeup off of this. Um, but if you're like able to know, I I feel like maybe just kind of doing some research into that type of makeup, like, what does it mean? Like, is there anything that I can maybe use as an influence instead of just taking directly from it, you know, but using it as an influence instead and not doing it as like a costume sort of way. I know that's not how you did it, um, but other people can definitely do that. Yeah, like, definitely. They, you know, like other people may want to be like, Oh, look, you know, I want people to like think I'm exotic or something like that. Yeah, That's true. That's weird. Um, yeah. But yeah. Just making sure you're, you know, where your intentions are when it right. comes to that and just definitely. doing your research. So what kind of message can we leave to Brown folks during this time of Latin, Latinx Heritage Month that often leaves us leaves black and brown folks out. What can, what can we tell them? Um, if you're white, you're white. And it's okay to accept that. It's a privilege. You're doing more harm than good by ignoring that. Um, not everybody is going to be indigenous. Not everybody's going to be black. And then just also making sure that you always check your colorism, check your privilege, you know, especially if you are light skin, even if you are brown, and if you are light skinned still, like, you know, make sure you're checking that privilege and you're not being a colorist piece of shit, you know? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie, Sierra, the pause, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being on this podcast again. You are, as always, awesome and amazing. I can't wait for your baby to be born oh, and, and for, for the world to see them. And I'm excited for you. And thank you again for being here. Do you have anything else to say in closing out things, anything you're working on, you want to shout out or something? No, I'm just, I'm just looking forward to having this baby and getting through Yay. that experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. I think closing out, uh, as you all know, this week, people were arrested at the Abolish ICE protest um, in Atlanta, California. Uh, we have a lot of information about it on our social media and bail funds. We don't know. We don't want person who got arrested speci- uh, specifically, but we don't know the other two. But regardless, they were brutalized and arrested unjustly so protesting ICE of all things. 
And um, yeah, we have a lot of information on our social media. We have links for their GoFundMe, their bill funds. They're trying to give them really hard charges. Um, so if you could donate, that'd be great. If you could share, that'd also be great. You could find us at Black Lives Matter IE on Instagram. You could find us at BLMIE on Twitter. If you want to donate to us for our our monthly food drives, our Venmo and Cash App is also BLMIE. Our GoFundMe link is in our bio. Thank you all so much for being here. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>